Well, a good Thursday to all of you wonderful Alabama fans out there and any listeners alike. Welcome to another week of The Bama Factor with Alex Taylor. I'm your host, as always, Alex Taylor. This is going to be um, kind of an abbreviated preview week. Uh, you know, we're coming off of a loss. So, um, obviously, I do want to take this time to mention, again, my favorite betting service with um, – a sponsorship that I have ongoing with betonline.ag. You can head over to their website currently right now to make your picks before game day. Be sure to get those locked in prior to kickoff. Currently this weekend, Alabama is favored by 32 points. The over-under being 61.5, Alabama a minus 115 favorite. So be sure to get over to betonline.ag to lock in your bets prior to game day. And you can also still earn that 25% bonus up to 250 with each reload using the promo code Life Bonus. So we're going to jump right into it. Segment one, um, looking at the bounce back for Alabama. Um, you know they fall to Texas 34-24. I was at the stadium. Still a tremendous atmosphere uh, to be a part of. Uh, really uh, enjoyed how the students and the fans really brought the energy. Um, uh, but Texas did expose some of the weaknesses uh, for the Crimson Tide. However, uh, the positive off of that is um, it's better to have that exposed at the first part of the season rather than later, and that's what happened to the Tide a year ago. And uh, I think it really much came down to a lack of execution, not really the lack of physicality. Uh, I feel like we were hitting them in the mouth. Um, we were being very physical. Um, we were... Uh, I think tackling well for the for the majority of the game, we tackled pretty well. And um, I think also it just comes down to, you know, you have to execute better. Um, you know, our line has to block better. Uh, our quarterback has to see receivers downfield. Um, our defense has got to communicate too. But, again, really leading up to the fourth quarter, I mean, I didn't really think the defense played all that bad. And, uh, you, you know, just – when the offense puts them in short field situations, it's 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 almost for any defense uh, in t- in today's game uh, to uh, to to get a stop in the short field situation. Uh, but uh, I think you might see some offensive line shuffling. Um, you know, definitely, I think uh, one of those shuffles needs to be at right guard. I think Terrence Ferguson or somebody else needs to step in at right guard. I don't think Dalcourt has what it takes, even though that he's a graduate student. I just and I hate to say this about any player, but I've never really cared for him that much. I just don't think – I think he's an undersized lineman. I think he's um, – I don't think he's as strong as the other guys. Um, I think he would probably have more success, <clears throat> you know, at a – you know, um, an ACC school or, you know, a Pac-12 school or anything like that. But – and then also I think you have to run the football a lot more um, – and run it effectively. I mean, we start off the game, Jace was hammering Texas. Uh, you know, our offensive line was really imposing their will. Uh, but, you know, we've got to keep on with that. I mean, like, we we proved that we could run the ball in Texas, and I don't know why we went away from it. Um, I'm really not sure why we went away from it. But, um, but I just think overall, you know, we lose the game by 10. We had two turnovers. Um, you know, we didn't play our best, and we still only lost by 10. So, still, uh, special teams was a high point for sure. Uh, special teams did very well. You know, Will Riker, three for three on field goals. Uh, James Burnup, you know, averaging <clears throat> almost, you know, 50 yards a punt. So, I just really thought that, you know, the special teams did very, very, very well. 
uh, in spite of the loss. Um, so now we're going to really jump into uh, the segment two um, part of our podcast. And we just have to focus on the rest of the season. And I have in all caps the word finish because that was um, that's always been Saban's uh, motto is not how you start, it's how you finish. Um, and, you know, this is not unfamiliar territory for the Tide. You know, Alabama had their backs against the wall uh, in 2015. I was also at that game as well. Um, I was there in 2015, third game of the season. In Tuscaloosa win, they lost to Ole Miss. 43 to 37. We had six turnovers that night. Um, a couple odd plays that just happened to go Ole Miss's way. Um, offense was still trying to find a quarterback. Um, uh, offense was trying to find the uh, just its overall identity, what it wanted to have that year, what it wanted to do. Uh, that um, I mean, the defense got picked apart in that game by Chad Kelly, and at that time, Hugh Freeze, and um, then. You know, people said the dynasty was over. You know, uh, you know, people said it was dead. Um, people uh, just really wrote Alabama off. And for me personally, and Saban actually iterated this um, earlier this week in a press conference. He iterated that um, he wouldn't concern himself with the outside talking points, outside uh, any of the outside media. Um, and if it's, you know, my uh, advice, I would just go and play ball. I mean, you've got to look at, you know, what you need to do and what's in front of you. I mean, you don't need to be worried about what everybody else is thinking. And don't just talk. I mean, like, j- just quit talking about it. That's what I've gotten really sick of doing. Like, you didn't – or really sick of hearing is that you didn't see guys like Reuben Foster and uh, Reggie Raglan and – uh, Hightower and Rashawn Evans, and I know I'm saying all linebackers, but you know Drake Kirkpatrick, uh, Julio Jones, you know Marquise Mays, Trent Richardson, guys like that. You didn't see those guys trash talk. You couldn't see these guys get on social media and say like, "Oh, you know we're coming after you. You know we're going to do this this year." They just went and they just went out and played, and they dominated. That's what we got to get back to. Um, the defense needs to generate a lot better pass rush. Zero sacks on Quinn Ewers. That's that's unacceptable. Texas offensive line is not that good. Um, and, 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 I mean, you let Quinn Ewers pick us apart, who, I mean, I'm not even going to give my opinion on him. Um, but physically we're there on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, the physicality in the first two games has not raised an eyebrow for me. It hasn't made me question their physicality. I think that, I think the physicality is there. It is. Just the execution has to be better. I mean, it's an easily fixable thing. You just have to execute better. You have to communicate better. We got some freshmen on that side of the ball. We got some younger guys. We got some inexperienced guys. You just need to go and play ball and execute better. And you got to have a one and zero each week thought process. I mean, that's what you got to be thinking each week. It's just one and zero, one and zero, and you've got to make sure that you keep the main goal in front of you. And that's just the next game, as Saban always says. Uh, so we're going to jump into uh, segment three, and we're going to preview the South Florida game for this Saturday. So obviously South Florida comes in one and one on the season, as well as Alabama does as well. They have a new head coach, and um, I believe Alex Goldish, I think. Um, or, uh, yeah, Goldish. Yes, that's right. Uh, he was the former offensive coordinator for Tennessee the last two years. You, you obviously saw what Tennessee did on offense last year with Hendon Hooker, uh, Jabari Small, um, you know Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman. Um, he's a very good offensive mind. Uh, South Florida's coming off one of their 
um, worst seasons uh, in 22 at 1-11. and 11. Um, Kind of previewing them and looking at them in the first two games, uh, you know, they lost to Western Kentucky. They beat Florida A&M. Uh, but, you know, they lost seven starters on offense from last year, and a lot of those were transfers. Um, the majority of their top receivers are gone, so a heavily a heavy depleted um, receiving core. Uh, and you look at those guys that transferred out, you know, I think they had three or four transfers out from that. Um, they do have a very good quarterback, um, Gary uh, Bohannon. He's in his sixth year. Um, but they've also had an overhaul in the offensive line and in the running back room as well. So kind of an overhaul on offense, but I mean, I think, um, but I really think that, um, coach, uh, coach Golish, um, being the good offensive mind he was at Tennessee. Now granted a lot of that was hypo. A lot of that was, um, his strategy and game plan, but him being able to bring that, uh, to South Florida, um, he should see some success. Uh, on the other side of the ball, the defense does have eight starters returning, uh, but they were the second worst overall defense in America a year ago. Uh, they were horrible on third down. They had the dead last scoring defense, uh, gave up the most points of anybody, um, had a very depleted secondary, uh, still has it. Um, that's kind of where they're still very thin. So I think this week, you know, what I want to see from – from the Crimson Tide this week is, is you know, first and foremost, I want to see consistency. I, I want to see execution. I want to see communication. I want to see these guys not worrying about what happened last week and not saying, well, you know, we got to, um, you know, now we got to go beat Ole Miss and Arkansas and Tennessee and LSU. You know, we can still get the SEC title game and Georgia will be waiting. I mean, no, don't, don't think about anything ahead. Think about this Saturday. Think about what you got to do to get better. Think about what you got to do to improve and what you've got to do um, – to get better each week because, I mean, Saban pretty much said it this week that nobody's guaranteed to start spot on this right here. And I think you're going to start seeing a lot of shuffling on each side of the ball. I think you're going to see guys who want to play, who want to take the bull by the horns. And I think that starts with the quarterback position. Now, I put a post out earlier in the week about, you know, Tyler Buckner. And a lot of people took it out of context. And people saying, well, why didn't he play him in the second game? You know, why didn't he put him in? It's like, no, he's not saying that. No, he's trash. I mean, like, okay, y'all just get off the page, please. Like, y'all please get off the page. Like, I don't care if I lose you as a follower. I really don't. All right. And I love all my followers. But if you're going to be like that, then 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 just please leave. Like, I'm sorry to rant, and I don't like to. But Nick Saban is going to find the best guy for a job. Do I think Jalen Milrow – Played the best Saturday night? No. Did I think that um, there's things for him to improve on? Yes. But did he still make some good plays in the game? Yes. He still had some great touchdown passes. He still had some great runs. He still had some great throws. But it's always overshadowed if you lose, the quarterback is scrutinized. If you win, the, the quarterback is praised. So it's a hard position to really get behind if you're looking at it. Um, but I want to see consistency on that side of the ball. I want to see more consistency in play calling. You know, I want to see a stick with what works. Um and you know, I want to see some receivers really emerge, and um, and then on the and then on the other side of the ball, we got to get a pass rush. I mean, like we need four or five sacks this game, and there's no reason why we shouldn't have it. I mean, we've got to pressure these guys. I mean, we've got to get in the backfield. We've got to establish our presence up front when we go into SEC play. Because I tell you, Ole Miss has got a good offensive line. Arkansas's got one. Tennessee has one. LSU has one. So, I mean, we have got to generate some pass rush if we're going to be able to make it through this season. And that's what we heard all offseason, that the pass rush was going to be good, the front seven's going to be good. And I have no doubt that we have the athletes and we have the talent to do it. We just have to have the execution and the effort and the wherewithal and to get that intensity about us again to where 
We get it. But I'm not sounding the alarms. Second game of the season, stuff to fix. We're fine. Okay. We, we've got some things to fix. And I'm glad a loss happens like this because that puts a lot into perspective for you. You can always learn more off of a loss. So answer these quick questions, then I'll give my prediction. I know uh, we're getting uh, – this is a very short uh, podcast, uh, but I didn't have a lot to say about it this week. Um, so the first question is, and I've gotten this one a lot, did I see the Alabama fans yelling at the Texas players in the video from the sideline? Um, that's from Christian McClendon. Uh, yes, I did. Um, they were yelling racial slurs. I do not condone that whatsoever. Um, uh, that was um, – I mean, were the Texas players acting up? Yeah. Uh, could they have handled themselves with a little bit more class? Yeah. I mean, it kind of ticked me off that, um, you know, they took a picture on our logo in the middle. You know, some of them were – you know, scraping their cleats on our logo and, 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 you know, they were, you know, running all over our field and everything like that. So could they have handled themselves with a little bit more class? Yeah, but that's still no excuse for any fan to, to hurl any racial slurs towards um, anybody, even if they're black or white. Like, I'm, I'm like, um, I consider myself a very conservative person. I have conservative values, but, 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 you know, you should treat everybody regardless of their color um, the same way. Um, and so yes, I so yes, I did see that, and um, you know, uh, not all Alabama fans are like that. Uh, there's fans like that in every single one of them. I, I mean, I heard some of the Texas fans that we sat around. You know, they were yelling racial slurs at our players. So, um, so I mean, I'm just saying, um, you know, there's there's fans like that everywhere, and it's not right, no matter who you are. Um, number two from one tied Rolla. Uh, will the offensive line improve? I think they will. I think it's just a communication thing. It's definitely not a size thing. It's not a talent thing. It's not a strength thing. It's just the execution and getting down uh, to the to just your basics of who your guy is and finishing your blocks through the end of the play. And they said, um, who is the starting quarterback? This comes from uh, a guy named, uh, by the username, uh, Mr. Walker, 728, um, he said, who's the starting quarterback? I mean, I think this week, Jalen, I think you'll still see Jalen start, but I expect to see all three play. Um, I definitely expect to see Tyler Buckner, Ty Simpson. I mean, I think this is the week that Saban comes to the guys and say, like, hey, you um, – all of you guys have, have, have got a shot this week to show me that you're the guy. And to show me that um, when we head into SEC play, um, you are you're the guy who's going to lead us for the rest of the season. And I think a guy's got to establish himself, especially before we get into the crux of our schedule. Um, so it was that. And then from and then from another user, the last question, PK forty seven, did Tommy Reese and the offensive staff set Jalen up to fail? I don't think they set him up to fail. I just think Jalen didn't carry it out. I think Jalen was rushing out of the pocket before the pocket was fully collapsed. Uh, I feel Jalen missed a lot of reads, uh, obviously two of them on the two interceptions. He threw them right to him. Uh, but, you know, then on other plays, you know, he hits, you know, Jermaine in stride. Uh, he hits, you know, Isaiah Bond. But I will say a couple of the passes, I mean, he almost got Isaiah Bond killed uh, on the two-point conversion because he threw the ball so high. Uh, Jermaine had to go up for one. I think uh, Malik had to go up for one. So, I mean, the balls were just very, very, very high thrown and he just couldn't find a level of consistency so I don't think they set him up to fail I just think Jalen has to do again it goes back to execution uh so my final uh 
topic of the podcast will be my prediction. You know, this week, this is a depleted USF team. Yes, it's on the road. It's going to be a good road test. Um, you know, it's on the road. It's, it's, it's in Florida. You know, has the potential to be hot there. Uh, so we're going to see how our players respond. But also coming off of a loss, you know, you want to see how Alabama responds. Uh, so, uh, but you, but overall, you know, I think the offense can roll in this, uh, you know, the defense can work on execution, work on communicating, work on finishing plays and getting off the field, getting drives off the field. Um, and I think, uh, the prediction overall mine is, you know, 52 to 10 Alabama, uh, they head into SEC play next week against Ole Miss, of course, but guys just wanted to say something, uh, we're fine, um, you know, I kind of expected this. I know I predicted on the page we would beat Texas, but the last few weeks I kind of was wondering, you know, if maybe we would kind of fall against Texas. And uh, But, you know, it's a loss is not always a bad thing. I mean, it is a bad thing in the moment, but, you know, you can look back, and if we look back and we're at a good point later in the season and our team grows from this, which I think they will, and Saban said he would be shocked if they – if this team, you know, really didn't get it together after this. Um, he would be shocked. So – I'm excited to see how they respond this Saturday. We just got to worry about this Saturday, and then we'll worry about SEC play once we get into it. Um, but I'm always roll tied until I die. I love this team. I love the guys around it. I love the coaching staff. Uh, but we do have some things to fix. Um, they do as players, coaches. We do as fans as well. Um, and uh, But overall, uh, I think this is going to be a good college football Saturday. Uh, a lot of good games. Georgia, South Carolina. Uh, we got a lot of good games coming up, so I'm excited to see what this Saturday holds. Um, only dropping to, to uh, number 10 in the AP poll. That's very gracious uh, on that side, so I'm very glad we're still in the top 10. So, I mean, hey, we, we've uh, we've got some um, – so we've got some uh, – probably some pretty good, um, I guess I could say, intensity and, and really – other outside motivation from some of the people in the polls and some of the people in the media um, really kind of already saying our season's done and that, you know, we're through and, you know, Alabama's tanked. And, you know, I hope they keep saying it. Um, but anyway, love you guys. Um, God bless all of you. Roll Tide. Enjoy your football weekend. And we will be back here next week with a USF recap and an Ole Miss preview. Thank you, guys. God bless. Roll Tide. Thank you.